0: Hello, 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 you are listening to Don't Hold Back from Merkita Amwa. What's up, y'all? I know it's been a minute since I recorded a podcast episode, specifically December 2020 was the last time you all heard from me when Saida came on so we could talk about superpowers. I will not confirm whether mine came in or not. You'll just have to see if you run into me. Anyway, so excited to be giving you a podcast episode today. You will find out why it took me so long to deliver one, um, but it actually works out because this week for a lot of us is our anniversary. Last year at this time was when we found out that we would have to go home. We all thought it was for a few weeks, and here we are a year later. So I hope all of you are staying safe, are getting vaccinated if you can, and remembering that we are still in a panini. Very excited to have Alex on today, who is an EMT and talks about her experience. Um, And I also just want to give a special shout-out to my friend Ron, who provided this mic that I am using that makes me sound the best version of myself. So appreciate all of you for believing in me and believing my vision and listening to me talk endlessly. And with that, I will go into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We're back, back in 2021. Very excited to have my guest here, Alex Robin Lucas. Please say hello to everyone. Hello, hello. How's it going? (laughs) You know, we're all, we're all trying. So Alex and I are very good friends, so this is going to sound very natural. Um, I do have some questions, but I really believe that our conversation is just going to flow and it's actually perfect that we're doing this now so background for some folks alex and i um i had asked alex to record this in january because i wanted to start off the new year you know having her wisdom on the show mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. now it's march <laughs> and
1: that's you know when you said like this was going to be very natural i was like if natural means absolutely crazy then that's me um (laughs) yeah Uh, so we were definitely supposed to do this in January but um
0: but it works out because (laughs) while it's not the technical new year we were just talking about how March feels like a new year for us because this is the time last year when everyone kind of got Shut down. In fact, for me, we're so we're recording this on March 7th. Y'all will get this on March 13th. I forget the days. Y'all will get this uh, this upcoming Friday. Um, but March 8th is actually the last time I truly went outside to do an activity that wasn't work. I think March 13th was the last day I went to work physically. So this is the anniversary of. The panoramic. A paniversary, if you will. The pandemic. And Alex and I, right before I, I hit record, we started talking about our last day outside, which just sounds really damn sad. <laughs> but I remember exactly what I did that day. Um, I went to the um, now I'm forgetting the name of it. It was like the Garfield Conservatory. Um in Chicago. It was like a big botanical garden. Went with my friend, Alejandra. Shout out to her. And then we went to a vegan restaurant. I remember this. I got a black bean burger. And then I saw a mural. I donated to some Girl Scouts. And then we went home. And that is the last event event I did before the pandemic was announced.
1: It sounds like a beautiful beautifully basic day it was a Sunday too it was very chill you know I would give anything
0: for that right now I'd give anything for anything these days <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> for anything yeah um what was your last day? I don't I don't remember the daytime but I remember I was I thought I was going on a date um, and so I had invited this girl to go see um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a notoriously um, queer film as well, um, <laughs> on, theme. And, on, theme. on theme, on theme, and I get to the theater, I go to like the Arclight Hollywood, uh, sorry, I'm in LA, I'm in Los Angeles, and um, So I go to the Arclight Hollywood, and the girl I was supposed to be going on a date with her, like, I thought it was a date, she goes, oh, can my friend come as well? And I was like, oh, crap, so this is, like, not what I thought it was, Um, but, like, of course, like, absolutely, bring him along, like, I'll get another ticket, like, it'll be great. What I would Um, get from
0: Mixed Signals.
1: Woo! Yes, I, I I don't really miss this part, but um, fun fun stuff. So yeah, I go um, and she's so late with her friend that like they're not going to let her in. So I end up watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire um, by myself um, in a theater, uh, surrounded by people. There's so many people. I miss that. Um, the film was phenomenal. And <laughs> I ended up running into some, some people I knew afterwards and we chilled, we kicked it and yeah, that was one part of the night. The other part of the night I went to, I ended up going to a club. I saw my friend's mom at the club. It was like, no, as well. Soho house specifically. And um, yeah, it was really a weird night because we we're on the precipice of the pandemic. So everyone was talking about it. We were like, hey, like, I don't know, like, so my friend didn't want to come here with me actually tonight, so that's why I came by myself, and I was like, oh, it's real, like, yeah, stuff does seem to start, like, it's it seemed like it was going to be intense, um, you could feel it in the air, did not know how intense it was actually going to be, but, um, yeah that was my last night um went to a late night diner I was with I was with Reva and a few of her friends and it's very fun very fun
0: you had a very eventful last last night (laughs) I didn't have all of this but I'm I'm enjoying your eventful last night (laughs) the date that um the date that never happened so just for clarification you never saw this girl that day
1: I didn't I really didn't I because she had asked if I wanted to go someplace afterwards but I was just like I think I felt kind of dejected so I was like let me just take my booty home and then Riva called me I was like come out with me and I was like okay
0: yeah I'll do yeah, that I love this yeah well you know I asked about the last day because like we said this is you know the the paniversary and so much has happened in this past year and so many people's lives have been lost. And I do wanna you know, hold a moment for that and just recognize that there's, there's so many things that could have been done so that we didn't have to be here and yet we are. Uh, that being said, I really in particular wanted to talk to you as you know, because, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but a few months ago when you and I were talking about the pandemic and some of my frustrations with people and the ways that they were moving throughout the pandemic, I felt like you really enlightened me in regards to the perspective I had. Um, I definitely was coming from a very judgy, angered place. Like, why are y'all going out? Why are y'all country hopping? Why are y'all in people's houses so much? You know, especially because parts of it were like well I am here doing everything I'm supposed to be doing and to just see people being reckless feels like kind of a slap in the face and it feels like what am I working towards if y'all are being crazy like I can't stop this pandemic by myself um so yeah you really provided me with perspective in regards to grieving and and all of that but I don't want to give too much away I kind of want to first get <laughs> I want to first get into kind of why you have seen the pandemic in a very different way than majority, I would say, of your peers have, um, and that's by nature of your occupation. Why was that a hard word for me to say? It sounded, it sounded very,
1: very glamorous, though, when it came out of your mouth. Occupation.
0: Yeah, I was really trying Loved to get. It. I was trying to get the patient part. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I really want to talk about your job. That's easier for me to say. Um, and really just have you kind of dive into that so let let the people know what is it that you do day to day
1: i'm an emergency medical technician for a 911 ambulance company and basically day to day i work with my partner on a large metal box filled with medical supplies and a gurney and an aed and trauma dressings and whatever and we go around responding to 911 medical emergencies. We will basically be dispatched uh by the LA County Fire Department radio, who we also end up working with and uh also there's a cross-section of the police as well. So we may all show up on scene. The fire department who houses like two two paramedics and some other EMTs. And then if it is uh, an emergency that may need law enforcement, the police department will be there as well. So we'll get things like, I don't know, from gunshot wounds to ob deliveries to just a homeless man sleeping um and yeah it's a it's a strange job where you are invited into people's homes on sometimes one of the worst days of their lives and we're really there to help and make sure they make it to get higher care kind of bandage the things up um provide any quick fixes that we can and then transport them as quickly as possible. Um, And through the pandemic, those emergencies have been the same. And then on top of it, you're dealing with uh, COVID-19. So people are calling because they can't breathe. They're calling because they're You know, they've been diagnosed uh, and they realize that their oxygen saturation is dropping low because they have a home oxygen saturation monitor. And, you know, we're transporting so that they can, you know, get higher care. Um, Sometimes we also get called to just someone has died in their home or their heart has stopped. Um, And that's happened a lot more in the pandemic than before. And in those situations, you know, we're initiating CPR, we're um, trying to get them back. And that's happened probably, I'm gonna say like more than 20 times uh, since the pandemic started. And I've only gotten a heartbeat back once. So Mm -hmm. all of those people were lost. And yeah, so in this time dealing with, I mean, globally, we're dealing with a lot of death. Um, and I've seen a lot of that up close. And, you know, if it's not actually seeing someone die, like in the cardiac arrest scenario, it is kind of just seeing the effects of the pandemic, people, long wait times at the hospital, no beds. Um, people just grieving losses that they've that they've gone through as well. Um so yeah it's been as an emergency medical technician as an EMT you're kind of always close to close to death in a in a strange way. Um, But specifically in the pandemic I've seen that take on a new meaning. yeah, I guess that's a,
0: yeah, well, first off, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, you know, it it's, obviously, you and I talk, so I've heard you tell me about the work that you've done, and yeah, I just know how, at times, if not always, it is, like, can be traumatic, can be triggering, um, you know, we joked about the fact that, I asked to do this in January and now it's March, but you know, I have no problems with that because I know the work that you're doing and I know that you need to take time to take care of yourself. And I just want to just say on the record, I appreciate you even talking about this and being fine with it being recorded because the work that you do day to day, I just, I feel like it's astronomical. And that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to you because just like you said, you've seen death, you've seen the effects of COVID-19 up in personal in a way that, You know, yes, I know people who have lost people, but to see that day in and day out, just that number of I've only gotten one heartbeat back out of 20, you know, I think that really just just puts it into perspective. And also the fact that you're in L.A., L.A., as well as New York, as well as, you know, Atlanta, certain places have been kind of, you know, kind of going back and forth between being the epicenter. So that's you have been an EMT in a place that has been an epicenter, you know, for a while and has hearing those numbers of one and three people and one and five people, you know, is just very devastating. And like I said, I just commend your work so much and admire you even more, not only because we're friends, but because I know the work that you're doing day to day, which leads me into, why I wanted to talk to you because for everyone on the record Alex and I will have like we won't talk for like 2 months and then we'll have these like 5 hour conversations where we're just like talking forever about everything which I I greatly appreciate I always learn something from our conversations and we had one in 2020 I can't remember the month it might have been the fall or maybe you know like November-ish, I November ish. November. Yeah. I remember it being around our birthdays. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And we had this conversation because I was just very frustrated. I had been alone for a while at this point. Like I'd spent quite a bit of time alone in my apartment and really was not, you know, seeing people, like being very careful. Um, I started quarantining because I wanted to see my mother uh, for the holidays and was even feeling. Conflicted about doing that and feeling like I was wrong for doing that. And then I would go on Instagram, and people are in each other's houses partying or saying, DM me for a house party address, you know, or in another country. And I just was so upset. Like, I was so upset, like, genuinely, you know, just like, I'm getting angry with y'all, you know, to the point where I muted quite a few people's Instagram stories, because I was like, I like you as a person, but if I keep watching your stuff, I'm going to start to resent you. Right. And I knew that parts of that were personal because I was alone and feeling like, okay, why aren't people making the same commitment to this, that I'm making to this, you know, why aren't people sacrificing in the same way that I am or some of my friends are and just it made me judgmental like I'm just so mad why would you do I don't understand what type of person you can be if you do this I was I'll be honest I was saying something I don't understand the type of person you can be if you're going out like this the type of right. ignorance you can have you know especially because when I say this I'm talking more about people that I equate to our peers you know well educated uh-huh. reading the news on Twitter knowing about what's going on and still actively doing things outside of that. And that was very baffling to me because I was like, I can understand if people who don't really have access to these things, these news networks, internet things like that are still going on and about. You know, fine. You don't really have the access to that. But it it baffled me even more when it was people who I felt like were like me. You're listening to the news, you're listening to podcasts, you're posting articles. It just became this phenomenon. No, of, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: This phenomenon of people posting their negative COVID tests to say, hey, it's okay that I'm out here and being wild. Mm, and
1: that's a it big one.
0: Genuinely angered me. So at this juncture in my pandemic life, I hop on the phone with Alex and I talk about how I am tight. Like I'm mad at everybody. People are pissing me off. <laughs> 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 and Alex says this wonderful thing to me, you know, I'm sure you didn't think it was that profound because you never think half of the things you say are profound, even though I
1: think I'm that done.
0: <laughs> I Alex, appreciate you for saying yes. that. <laughs> Alex says, you know, everyone is grieving. Everyone is grieving and everything they're doing is out of grief. And it just really stopped me in my tracks. I was like, oh, shit. Damn. Mm -hmm. So I'll stop there because I want you to elaborate more on what you meant when you said it. And the one thing I'll say is that for me, the fact that you're an EMT, you're seeing death up close, you're seeing it day to day. And you still had that space to say, hey, I'm not gonna vilify anyone because they're all grieving. That was what made me say, okay, I'm not even out here like that. (laughs) And I'm being judgy, misjudgy. And Alex is literally doing work that most of us could not do and is still holding space for empathy. So I'll stop talking and let you say more about that perspective. Those were words of uh, high praise, so thank you.
1: Um, I think the piece with grief uh, came very, very early on for me. Um, I was talking to my friend Andrea Conde, she's amazing. And as soon as the pandemic hit and we were, just kind of talking about just like, oh, life is, life is not going to be the same. Um, we're losing, we're losing so much normalcy, we're losing everything, um, is what it felt like. And she actually said to me, everyone's going to have a grief problem. And I looked at her and I said, you are 100% right. And I think the thing that's scariest about it is there are, this is a collective trauma that we're all facing right now. You know, we can't hug each other. We can't even see each other smile when we have on masks. We can't go to the movies and be stood up and um, (laughs) we (laughs) can't.
0: The original original (laughs) trauma of the pandemic was when you got stood up.
1: But yeah, we, we're losing, we're losing a lot, not just people, but these, these moments and it, and it's collective. And with that, what we really need is some sort of collective grief counseling. Like as you're moving through all those things, I, I think there's five stages, like anger, denial, bargaining, I don't remember all of them, but it's like we're yeah, all know. going through that. Yeah. All the time, like at this point, because it's not gonna just be this like linear, oh hey, I'm gonna go through stage one through five. And that's gonna be it, because each day you're probably gonna realize that you lost something else and it triggers everything you know, it's going to trigger you. It's going to, maybe you'll become angry again. Maybe you'll actually slip back into denial. And I think that because what you're experiencing, I also experienced kind of like looking around and being like, if everyone knows how grave the situation is, then how can you just be gathering in large groups and throwing shots back right now? Is like kind of, I was like, if you really do know, and I do think that people know, but they also can't look at it. It's, it's this piece, it's this protective piece of like, hey, if I do not like, if I really look at all of the loss and all of the pain and all of those things, it'll tear me apart. So instead, you know, I'm going to, in some ways, create my own world in which it is okay that I do this right now. And I was actually just thinking about Wandavision just now. I, I just into. finished it last night. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, no spoilers there, but um, no spoilers,
0: but deals with things we're talking about.
1: Yes, for sure. And that piece of the pain, the piece of like losing something and not knowing what to do about it, losing something and being so angry about it. Not, I'm like, oh, I know that feeling. Um, I felt it, you know, in this pandemic more than maybe I've felt in my entire life, but I know it intimately. So when I see people, you know, taking risks that maybe I wouldn't take, but like I would take other risks per se, but You know, if I see them taking these risks that seem, you know, destructive in some ways to me, um, I can kind of turn back and be like, but that's the pain, that's the grief, that's the, you know, the willful denial so that you're able to move through. Um, And that's really where it came from that day, because, yeah as I said before, like, I was experiencing something very similar to you with people very near and dear to me, where I was like, hey, like, you know, you know what's going on, and then you also know what I do every day, so when I come home and I talk to you about X, Y, and Z, and, you know, then I see you do X, Y, and Z later, I'm like, I took it, per- I was taking things personally. I was like, yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't care about my life. Like you don't care yeah. about like, you know, all of this strife that like I'm going through and people, you mm-hmm. know, it you know, feels, I'm only one piece, piece yeah. of the puzzle, but yeah. you know, I'm just like, damn, like. It feels personal. What is that? What yeah. is that? You don't want to make I assumptions. Like, oh, not me, you know, yeah. it's not about me. Like it was. Yeah like taking it personal was actually just incorrect cuz it was really about their own pain mm-hmm. um and yeah i guess first i had to really internalize that myself before i told you about it
0: <laughs> um <laughs> that's why that's why i got it in november
1: oh yeah you got it in november um but yeah oh there was actually even earlier so Maybe after my conversation with Andrea, I listened to a Brene Brown podcast. Um, I can't remember what her podcast was called, but she was talking to a grief specialist, David David Kessler, who like he he basically wrote the sixth stage of grief, which is which is finding meaning. It's after acceptance. Um, which like, I'm not there yet in terms of the pandemic, I've not found the meaning, but, uh, they were talking about basically the same things that we're talking about now, which is just, everyone's going to have to move through grief time and time and time again, in order to make it through this pandemic. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was another earlier thing that had crystallized in my brain, um, yeah, and made it made it possible, really, to do the work and then also come home and see, you know, see our country actually not respond in the way that it should at all. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just really when you told me that, it felt innovative. It's crazy because you didn't tell me anything crazy. It was not out (laughs) of this world, you know, hey, people are grieving, but it made me, it's funny that you talk about taking things personally because I actively tried to not take things personally. But when you said that to me, it made me give everyone a little bit more grace and I was Uh not extending grace. I almost, if I'm being very honest, was putting myself on a high horse of when this (laughs) pandemic, I'm just being real, when this pandemic ends, I know I did the right fucking thing. I know that I was constantly doing the right thing. And it wasn't until you said that, I was like, you know what? There are people who could turn around to me and say, why did you get on a plane to see your mother? That's not what you should do. And I was like, damn, there's someone out there who's looking at my moves and it's like, I know when this pandemic ends, I did the right fucking thing, but Markita did not. And it just really made it stopped me in my tracks and made me say, how am I potentially causing more harm while we're all struggling?
1: Yeah. And that's the that's the thing with um with shame (laughs) where it's just kind of very it's very easy to fall into very easy to do and yet you know doesn't really it doesn't really get the benefit that you're looking for like if you end up shaming someone um it's not usually going to change their behavior one but two like they could turn around and do the same thing to you and then you're in this this Mm the shame cycle with each other and that's kind of what we see with the pandemic instead of actually thinking about how do we move through grief and suffering together how do we you know have empathy for each other how do we how do we take the person who you know I mean for myself like I'm like how like how do I do that (laughs) like how do I do that um and if I had someone over my shoulder, which like I've been that person to myself over my shoulder, being like, "No, you shouldn't take that risk. You shouldn't blah 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 blah. Like that makes you a bad person, whatever it is." And it's like, no, that doesn't actually help me move through my pain. Um, it keeps me stuck. Um,
0: yeah, and it that's really the thing. It really does, and but I feel you. <laughs> no, I you know, and I and I think I think that some of my friends listening to this will hear me talk about, you know, putting yourself on that pedestal and realize that they might've done it too at certain points. And I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's inherently wrong to be like, I feel as if I'm doing my part and other people's are, other people are not. And that makes me upset. I'm not saying any of this to say that if you're listening to this and you feel angry about what someone's doing or you feel betrayed by what someone's doing during this pandemic, that's a very valid feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. But to your mm-hmm. point,
0: it does at times if you don't move through it, leaves you stuck. And I really do think once you told me that, the next few weeks for me looked different in terms of, "Oh, wow, What does this look like if I try to just extend some grace? And also, there are some things that I stand by. I I didn't like international travel. I still don't like international travel. (laughs) I'm not going to hide that. It's not something I would do. But really what you gave me was understanding. Not that I... I'm saying, okay, it's totally fine yeah. that y'all are doing but what y'all are
1: even... What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, but even the piece of like international travel where it's like, I don't know what kind of precautions people are taking or not taking, but I can imagine a way it's like, okay, let's say you've been vaccinated at this point and you know, you're going to test before you get there, you stay for a month, you test when you're there, you test before you come back home. Like I could see, I could see a way in which international travel isn't horrible. Um, but I also do not think that a lot of people are taking those kinds of intensive precautions to do the things. That's right. also the, that's mainly my,
0: that's my great.
1: Yeah. Like where I'm just like, but then I'm like, if I just see it happening, I, my first, my first thought isn't like they didn't take the precautions. Cause like, I don't know. But I, my guess, <laughs> my guess when I really, um, and my guess is like, why, why would you, if like, no one is telling you, like, if our country isn't even taking it seriously then like yeah. why would you take the proper precautions if it's if it's not really a yeah it's not it's not a gate it's not a gate that you need to open um
0: yeah and i think that also was something i struggled with because i know that our government wasn't taking the precautions that they needed to or doing the things that they needed to do but i also if i yeah it just made me say dang I thought that we all maybe I thought we were all better and I'm putting no one can see me but I'm putting better in quotes because it's not it's not fully fair of me to say that but I do think that in my head I was like okay the government is not doing the things they should be doing but we know what we should be doing so we're all going to try to take this collective action and when I didn't see that happening, especially with people that I felt like should be doing that, I was like, well, dang, we're kind of effed because I thought y'all were gonna do this. And if y'all are not doing this, that means other people aren't doing this. And, you know, you said that thing about being the person over your shoulder, like, hey, you shouldn't do this. And I I joked the other night to some of my friends. I took a walk outside to get pizza and there were so many people outside. And I was like, I Uh feel gaslit. (laughs) I (laughs) feel gaslit. Am I crazy for still wearing two masks? Am I crazy (laughs) for still not, you know, testing every time I go somewhere, testing when I come back, quarantining? I feel crazy. I feel insane. And like I said, it just wasn't really until you said that thing about grief. But I took a moment to process my own grief and, you know, I, I did it through writing and wrote something that mm-hmm. kind of released feelings in me, realizing how long I had been alone and all of that, seeing my mother and all, you know, all those emotions, yeah, becoming a year so older, much. you know, losing a friend, just realizing that I didn't really take space for that because every day I was mm-hmm. like, I need to stay home and not. Holding space for that. And I think you're right. You said this earlier on to really sit and look at the full scope of what has happened is quite literally devastating. You know, it is, (laughs) it is, it It really
1: is. It really is. And
0: it continues to be so. Yeah. Um, So I understand why people for a quick second just want to have normalcy or, you know, want to move as if things are back to normal, but you know, they're not fully back. But what I did want to talk about my next question for you, because we talked about grief for a while and I wanted to hear, did you have any, do or do you still, cause we're still going through it, any practices to move through your grief? Like for me, I wrote a lot. I did mm-hmm. more than I usually do. And I took all my little walks so I could feel something. <laughs> So what, what, were, what were things you did to try to move through that, especially given the occupation you have day to day?
1: There are lots of things. At this point, I mean, I think I picked up a pretty good meditation practice uh, early pa- early pandemic because I was like, okay, I need to sit with my breathing. I walk through half of my day um, when I'm at work, especially just like almost holding my breath in these really intense scenarios. And I was like, I need to work on that. Um, and I need to, yeah, have a mode of, uh, release, um, that is maybe just as simple as exhaling, um, and inhaling something new. Um, I also started running a little bit more. Um, I run in the, there's a state park, like right near my house, a small one. Um, and I get out into the nature. There's some trees. There's a nice little grove of uh, grass. and just like, nice, just like you're just outside and there's fresh air. And again, with the breathing, like I'm Literally running up a hill. So I am forced to breathe and I'm forced to take in the air. And, um, you know, maybe I can't hug a person at that moment, but I can let this ground hold me. Um, And that's been really intense and necessary for me. And then um, I'm a dancer, I've danced since I was three years old
0: a wonderful
1: dancer (laughs) thank you (laughs) and this is always i mean for me dance i've been stress freestyling in my room since i was in elementary school (laughs) um and pretty much i just turn on some music and i let it move me um and I get to release, I, I release so much through that practice, just anger, sadness, I get to actually like, like, watch it back as well, because I always record it, um, and kind of see like, oh, wow, my posture has changed since I started this dancing, to when I ended it. Um And yeah, just breathing through my movement. And yeah, these things have been crucial because what happens to me when I get home from work is I'm completely torn down and I use these practices to kind of put the pieces together um, so that I can go back to work the next day. Um, And the pieces are definitely not where they originally were. But there somewhere you know and it allows me to move but yeah what was the 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 question you original answered the question, question. I, answered answer-
0: the question. Okay. Answered- I was like i was like did i say anything just now cuz that just <laughs> oh no. Felt- <laughs> no you answered the question you answered it very well and hopefully it's in you know, I think it's inspiring. I look at your dance videos all the time, and I really can see not only the talent you have in dancing, but that you are quite literally moving through your emotions. It's very apparent as you are dancing um, in a way that is just inspiring to see. It is um, okay. So the last oh, thank thing, you, of course. This is this whole episode is just me saying compliments and Alex being like, "Thank you." <laughs> and on that note I would love to know to kind of wrap us up what are you looking forward to when this panorama has kind of sort of left because COVID will be with us forever sorry to break it to y'all but this (laughs) this pandemic has kind of closed what's I'm not going to ask you what's the first thing because that always stresses me out when people ask me what's the first thing I'm going to do. I don't know. But what is something you're looking forward to?
1: Now, this is going to sound a little cheesy, especially because we've talked about it multiple times. But I miss the movie theater so much. (laughs) Um, I miss just being in a dark room with a bunch of random people. consuming some, sometimes it's not even good art, but when it is really good, there's something in just like experiencing that with someone else. Um, Not just the person you're there with, but a bunch of random people. Like sometimes like people start clapping, you'll hear a gasp, you'll hear like that lady in the back corner, she's weeping. And then like you start weeping. (laughs) And it's just like, I miss that.
0: I miss that experience
1: yeah more than more than a lot of things.
0: Um, yeah I miss the movie theater too. i yeah, I actually have gone to the movie theater more times than not by myself.
1: I love okay, yeah, we're the same in that regard.
0: I love going to the movie theater mm-hmm. by myself. Shout out to my mom when she sent me to see Harry Potter at twelve years old by myself. It started something in me. <laughs> is that when it started? That is when it started for me. She sent me to the movie theater. I was like, you can go watch it by yourself. And I went. Nothing was the same after that. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, and I probably am remembering the story wrong. So mom, when you listen to this, please know that I did say I might be remembering it wrong. I feel like it was actually a punishment for me to go alone. (laughs) (laughs) And here you were having the time of your life. (laughs) it really awakened something in me I was like whoa I can do this by myself
1: it's magical and it's 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 truly a transformative experience I walk in I'm usually not feeling that good honestly but um
0: when I walk out I'm like yes I just got a full story so what What are your last words for everyone before we close out the episode? Last words. It could be just one word. You could say, actually, I've said everything I wanted to say.
1: My last words and some advice that I hope to take myself uh, or to continue to take um, is to feel literally everything um no matter how unseemly or how painful it is the sadness the grief the anger and then all the the good stuff the happiness the gratitude um like moving through those things and moving through them with each other is like what will save us i guess um not just in this pandemic but
0: you know hereafter so amazing well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast being the first episode of the year i wanted you to be the first episode of 2021 and i'm very glad that we were able to do that and just thank you for being amazing the work you do and also being an amazing friend and yeah, this is, I really should title this episode, like, Marquita just talks about how much she loves Alex.
1: Okay, this is super unfair, though, because I think that you're literally one of the most amazing people that I know, and I haven't gotten to gush that much, so maybe I'll just like take a second and say <gasps> that Marquita is literally the bombest bitch out here. Wow. And love I love, 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 love talking to you. And so grateful that you had me on. Um, you are a conduit for such amazing creation wherever you go. And yeah, I'm excited that you're doing the podcast and yeah. I will be listening, you know. Yes.
0: Love it. Love it. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I will see y'all soon. Thanks, y'all, for listening to today's episode, and special shout-out to Alex for coming on the podcast and sharing her experience. I am so much better for it, and I hope all of you are as well. Have a great weekend, and let's hope that we never, ever have to celebrate another anniversary. Stay safe, y'all.